0: hello hello how are you doing how are you doing this is the s anthony says podcast this is the s anthony thomas and this is episode number three three zero number three hundred and thirty yes I've done this crap 330 times and 25 or so percent of you have listened to every last one of these episodes. Why is the percentage so low? Because a lot of new people, a lot of new people have started to listen to the podcast. And I want to say to you new people, thank you for coming aboard. And to the people that came before you, thank you for recommending me to the new people who have now come aboard. Um, I appreciate it. and Thank you for the kind email and the kind direct messages. You know, they really are appreciated. A lot of times when people send things in to, you know, you, you're sending a message to somebody that who, who's working like. I've, I've done it before where, you know, if I see somebody, uh, on a news program, a local news program, and I'll send in a tweet or, or maybe an a email or something like that, I know odds are I'm not going to get a response back. And I really don't give a crap. A lot of times it's more along the line of, you just want to express yourself and hopefully they'll see it. But once you've expressed yourself and, and giving the thumbs up to the person, that's pretty much all you really care about. Whether they respond or not doesn't really matter. And there's, you know, because sometimes they'll see it, like it and everything, but they can't respond to everything. So you can't, you don't, you don't get really get upset about that. You realize I did my part. I liked what you did. I gave you the vote, the, uh, the email thumbs up or the direct message thumbs up or the tweet thumbs up or the Facebook thumbs up. I did my part. I expressed myself. I'm cool. I don't care if you respond. So, you know, I tend to respond to a lot of things, but I can't respond to everything. So please don't get upset if I can't answer email because you know, there's only so many hours in the day, and you know you can't respond to everything. But I can respond to you as a group here, and say thank you very, very much. Like I said, for the, e- the kind email and the, the direct messages, and I, you know, I do legitimately appreciate it. I would appreciate it more if there was some nudity in these email and direct messages. But you know, I don't want to be greedy. <laughs> Send the nudity, <laughs> women only. Thank you. Moving on. I mean, don't send nudity. I was, that's obviously a joke (laughs) because for me to say that would be, would be wrong. You know, I mean, I, I mean, if you were to do that, I can't, I mean, I personally can't say, please send nudity because that's, that's inappropriate, you know, but, uh, if, if if there was some nudity sent to me, I, I you know, I, I would not be like, oh, don't do that. That's wrong. I, I would just, you know, very quietly go, well, I really wish that person didn't send the nudity. I, I definitely wouldn't sit back and go, yay, or anything like that, because I'm too mature, too mature for that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, anyway, uh, folks. Um, I just want to ask you this question. Uh, what is the last thing you've done where you felt guilty? Hmm? What's the last time you felt guilty about something you did? Right? Now, on this particular occasion, I don't feel guilty because I was the one that had something done to him. So the other person should feel guilty. And I'm pretty sure that they do, in fact, feel guilty. You know, remember I told you about the guy that owes me and he keeps hiding from me and hiding from me. And now he realizes that we're we're kind of traveling in the same circles. So he's going to keep running into me or at the very minimum, he's going to be near where I am. And I'm going to see him and he's going to see me. And there's a part of him that is waiting for me to get upset and roll up on him. But I'm not going to do that. But the thing is, he's starting to kind of send out feelers, you know, feelers to see how I'm feeling about him, you know, you know. He he knows some of the same people that I know, and he he like, oh, how's this Anthony doing? As if he doesn't know, right? Well, uh, you, the person whose name you're not going to use in the podcast, was wondering how you doing, and I would go, I'm doing all right, right. You know, and he would, you know, you see inquiring about me and I'm sitting there going, how about inquiring about giving me that damn money, inquire about that? All you got to do is give me my damn money back and then everything is cool. I'll never work with you again or allow you to do anything for me again, but you won't have to be warned whether or not I'm going to walk up and pimp smack the crap out of you, which I'm not going to do, by the way. Right. So the other day I'm driving the mighty Toyota Camry in my car and I park someplace and I see his punk ass right there across the street. Right? And he's talking to somebody trying to sell some stuff. Right Yeah, sometimes people will come canvassing around your neighborhood. Oh, I'm selling this, that, and the other. And he knows me well enough to know that I would be interested in that particular product. Right. And there's a pretty lady selling the product. Right. And he tries to send her, well, maybe yes, Anthony would like it. Right. And then she comes over to me. Hi, Anthony. Yes, that's right. And I was wondering if you'd like to buy some. Okay. It was Girl Scout cookies. Okay. I said it. Actually, they weren't girls' got cookies. They were just cookies for some young ladies with a marching band or some crap like that. And I'm like, all right, there's kids. They got a marching band. I'll buy you the nasty ass cookies. I'm not going to eat this crap. I'm going to give it to somebody who likes nice, nasty ass cookies. I can't even eat cookies like this anymore. I got a bag of Oreos on my table right now that I got for somebody else. And I had and, and I'm proud of the fact that it's been sitting right there. I like Oreo cookies but because I lost the 20 pounds and my doctor was so proud of me and all of that kind of crap. They're sitting right there and I'm not going to touch them. I'm not going to touch the cookies. And if I'm not going to touch Oreo cookies, I'm damn sure not going to touch these nasty ass cookies that I'm going to buy from this lady because it's to help the kids. I almost want to say to her, you know, I would actually buy more cookies if you didn't sell these cookies with some nasty ass cookies. You ever seen cookies that have, you know, you know, they have you you buy cookies and they always have these weird flavors, raspberry and, to- and toffee and this and that and this and it's a crunchy metal and all of that crap. Well, everything that I don't like in cookies was in these cookies. I don't like uh coconut shavings on anything. This cookie had coconut shavings. I don't like peanuts. This cookie had peanuts. I don't like toffee. This cookie had toffee. I don't like vanilla cookies. The cookie was vanilla. This cookie should have been called all the crap S. Anthony will never eat on purpose. That's what they should have called it. But it's to help the punk ass kids out with their punk ass marching band. So I gave them the punk ass money and took the punk ass cookies. Nasty ass cookies. Right? And then she's telling me how that guy was pointing me out, right? And he was talking about what a nice guy I am, you know, and all of that kind of crap. I'm sitting there going, this punk ass guy is going to try to soften me up by sending over a bunch of kids and the lady trying to sell nasty ass punk ass everything I hate cookies. You're not realizing that now you cost me 15 bucks and now not only do you owe me money. I'm going to add this 15 bucks to the money that you would have owed me in the first place, you bastard. Because if I'd have saw the woman, I would have seen those nasty ass cookies and I would have, you know, I probably would have pretended like I was on the phone and she would have walked up. I was wondering if you could buy these nasty ass cookies for these punk ass kids and I'd have been on the phone. What's that? Everything I own has been taken away and I definitely don't have enough money to buy nasty ass cookies from some punk ass kids. Oh, Oh, excuse me. What were you saying? Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it over here. Hear your conversation. Never mind. You're fine. Okay. Great. I'm still okay. Uh, What would you, what did you want? Oh, nothing, sir. Nothing, sir. It's okay. 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 Great. Anyway, let me get back to you. Hello, person on the phone. That's not really there. What is it you said about uh the? Me not having enough money to afford punk-ass, nasty-ass cookies, I probably would have done something like that so I didn't have to buy those punk-ass, nasty-ass death cookies. So now you owe me what you owe me, plus $15, punk. Send some kids over, ladies, nasty-ass cookies with your punk-ass. I digress. Anyway. So this guy should feel guilty, right? He should feel guilty for being around me. And he's sending out feelers and sending over nasty cookie women. And I'm looking at that bastard and I'm going, man, I'm a punk ass ass. And he, and I looked over and it was the first time I actually looked directly at him. Normally I kind of look away from him because I don't want him to have to look to see the look of. I want to smack the crap out of you in my face. And this time I looked directly at him. I looked directly at his punk ass. He was about 120 yards away from me. I looked directly at his punk ass and he caught my gaze. Right. And you know you ever you ever walk by a, a a fence and there's a big dog behind the fence, right? and the dog's really not barking or anything like that, but if you look directly at the dog, the dog damn near knocks the fence down to bite your face off. He must have seen something similar to that to my face because all of a sudden he turned his face away from me and pretended like he was watering his plants. I'm looking at this guy like, first of all, you dumb bastards, your plants are fake, okay. And also, there ain't no water coming out that hose because it's not plugged to nothing. So you look stupid, you dumb bastard. Watering your fake plants with your hose with no water coming out of it. It's sending me over these nasty-ass, everything-I-can't-stand cookies. I should kick your ass just for that. I should walk across the thing and go, hey, buddy. Hey, yes, Anthony, have you forgiven me for being a piece of crap? no. You know, I'm about to beat your ass, but it has nothing to do with the fact that you owe me money and you're a scam artist. I'm going to beat you up because you made me buy these nasty ass cookies and then kick the crap out of his ass and go, "Okay, I'm going to go back to ignoring you. But you got another ass kicking coming because of the money you owe me. But this ass kicking was just for the cookies. (laughs) I wasn't going to do that, but I I definitely thought about it. That cookie sending bastard. Anyway. But he felt guilty and he should feel guilty. And there's a lot of times during the course of the day, people to do things that they should feel guilty for. It's little things that happen on a regular basis, right? You ever been the first car in a line of traffic? I hate being not being the first car in a line of traffic because sometimes you're the seventh car in a line of traffic. And there's that first car that the light turns green and they're not paying attention. They're on their phone. They're looking down. They're staring. They're going off into some kind of daydream and then the person behind him gives him the polite toot, and then they go oh, 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 and then they step on the gas right and you're going man this guy's not paying attention and inevitably you are the one that can't make it through the light because that bastard wasn't paying attention and if that bastard was in fact paying attention in that three seconds that the bastard wasn't paying attention you would have been able to make it through the lights that bastard Well, as me, as Anthony, when I'm the first car in a row of cars and I'm looking at the light, I don't pay attention to anything but that red light. Even if you're talking to me, I'm I'm, I'm staring at the red light, right? I've had people in the car behind me next to me. Hey, yes, we want to show you something real quick before the light turns. No, I've got a responsibility to the cars behind me and I'm going to honor that responsibility. I'm not going to look at that crap on your phone i'm not gonna look at that crap in that magazine you're reading i'm not gonna look at that crap that i'm not looking at nothing i'm not doing anything but looking at this light and being prepared to step on the gas when the light turns green right I had a lady friend that, well, she wasn't a lady friend. She was a girlfriend. And she knows that I don't necessarily take my face off of looking at that light. And she took out, she she pulled, she had a t-shirt on. And she had one of those bras that you can easily, cut. it was like a sports bra. And she kind of pulled it up. There was no, and then she and she whips out one of her boobies. And she says, oh, I bet you're going to look at this. And I'm going, I got news for you. I can see, and I'm still looking at this light. I know damn well you pulled out one of your delicious breasts to distract. Me and it ain't working. <laughs> Just kidding. You're damn right it worked. I was like, Good Lord, I can't wait till we are home 15 minutes from now so I can get on, jump on top of them things. And then everybody behind me honked on you, dumbass. <laughs> Except for the guy that was at the corner who got a quick glimpse of my girlfriend's boobies, gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> mm. Moving on. But I take my job as the first car in a line of traffic seriously, right? As soon as the light turns green, I like to step on the gas at that moment. But in this particular scenario, there was a piece of crap dude behind me who had tailgated every car in that line of traffic and whipped in front of him and whipped in front of him getting honked each time because he was driving like an idiot, right? and he's right behind my bumper and he's angry he's angry at the world can't be angry at me he just pulled up behind me i didn't do anything to the bastard and he's got his hands on the steering wheel and he's looking at me and he's got a look on his face like he's really really angry really angry right and he's got his hand right on the horn the the light's not going to change for a little while but he's already got his hand on the horn this piece of crap is looking at the horn. He looks up at the light. He looks back down at the horn. He looks up at the light. And I look across to my left and I can see that the light on the other side is turning yellow, so which means the light where we're on is about to turn green. And as he's looking down at his horn, he wants to hit that horn so bad and hit it hard to to shock me and then just kind of ruin my moments. You you know, somebody just does something just to mess with you, right? But he's so busy plotting out how hard he's going to hit that horn. He doesn't realize who he's dealing with this is s anthony thomas somebody that takes being the first car in traffic really damn seriously the light turns green and as the light turns green i step on the gas in the mighty toyota camry and i'm gone right now he didn't realize that the light turned green because it he was still looking at his horn and then he looks up at the light turns green he didn't realize my car was already gone he went straight from his horn right up to the light i'm all i'm pulling away and i'm looking in the rearview mirror and i'm laughing because i knew he was going to try to hit the horn the dumb bastard he hits that on the horn but i've already gone (laughs) and i could also see the people on both sides of the street pointing and laughing at him why because this dumb bastard honked at a car that wasn't even there right now, it was a long strip to the next light. This bastard was behind me. Now, he was tailgating everybody, tailgating everybody. So, obviously, obviously, this guy was in a hurry, right? If you're going to tailgate a bunch of cars and whip in front of them, you're obviously in a hurry. So, if he was in such a hurry in this particular instance, he should have closed the distance with my car and pulled around my car and zoomed past me. But he did not do that. Why? Because he felt guilty for being a D-bag. He was a D-bag to the seven cars behind him, and he tried to be a D-bag to me, but he didn't get an opportunity to be a D-bag to me. Why? Because I take my job as the first car in the row of cars seriously. I could see the guilt on his punk ass face and it was delicious. The only thing missing from it was a bib so I could just take a little piece of it and eat it up like candy. You dumb bastard. Some people deserve to feel guilty. That cookie sending bastard deserved to feel guilty because he owes me money and then he made me buy those punk ass cookies from the punk ass kids bastard and honky boy and i don't mean honky as a derogatory term towards white people i called him honky boy because he was gonna honk the horn don't make don't try to make it something that isn't i'm not one of those people on cable news that says crap about people you bastard I should change it to honk, man. That sounds better. That way, there's a better sound bite. I don't want somebody five years taking that one. He said honky boy. That means he doesn't like white people. I was talking about honking the horn, you bastards. Get out of here, you person in the future trying to get at me. Shut up, punk. Back to the story. But, you know, that guy deserved to feel guilty. Deserved to feel guilty. You know, there was a guy behind me in the Corvette whipped around Burned twenty-five gallons of gas just to get to a stoplight, and I pulled up right behind him. Burned another twenty-five gallons of gas to get to the next stoplight. Before I got there, I pulled up right beside him. He decided he I can't let that Toyota Camry kept catching me. He decided to cut in front of me again and went in. He wanted to beat the light, so he went through the gas station at about eighty miles an hour. But there was a problem with that whole thing. As it turns out, there were four police cars who had just finished pumping municipal gas into their cars and they were just about to pull out into traffic and you know what happens when you're a hothead jackass driving a corvette 80 miles an hour to beat the light to a gas station well let's just say Haha, you're gonna get a ticket and it was great as i pulled past i looked through and i saw them lighting the and registration ha 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 beautiful But we've all been on the other end of it, too. We've been the person that was guilty for doing something. You've been the person that felt guilty because you did something. You've been that person, haven't you? Of course you have. If you're a spouse, if you're a boyfriend or girlfriend, you've been there before. Right? Where you did something, where you know you were wrong. It may not be that big of a deal, but you're dreading the repercussions of what's about to happen. Right? You did something and you're... You still have to go out with your significant other to the party with your friends, right? And you can tell your significant other is one of those people that likes to keep up appearances outside the house. But you know, at some point, you're not going to be outside the house. You're going to be back in the house. Oh, no. You're out there with your wife. She's in the car. She's looking at you, right? And she, the only thing you could actually, you, you think that the heat is on and the heat is not on. It's just that she's shooting lasers to the size of your head with her eyeballs and she wants to drop kick your punk ass, but she doesn't want to drop kick your punk ass because you're about to be with your friends and she doesn't want them to know how mad. She, she is a your punk ass so you pull up in there and the valet takes your car right you put your hand on her back and she looks back at you like you don't even think about touching my back you rotten mother jumping mother jumping and she ain't saying jumping right you walk up to the front door of the restaurant, your friends are in there. She's still looking at you like you dirty, rotten, mother, jumping, mother, jumper, mother jumper. But she ain't saying jumper. And then you get close to your friends. And as your friends see you, then all of a sudden, hey, she's all hooked up on you. And she's calling you by your pet name. The pet name she calls you when she's not mad at you. And your friend think everything's great. And you think everything's great because you're stupid. You sit down at the table next to her and everybody else is kind of hugged up because you're all happy couples, right? (laughs) Right? You want to test the water with your wife. You sit next to where you put your arm around her neck and she doesn't do anything. She doesn't pull away from you. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether she's putting up appearances or whether she realizes we're having a great time. There's no reason to fight. Everything's going to be great. Right, right, right. So you lean over. Hey, hey, Malugi, whatever crap name you call it. It's the lovey dovey crap. You give her a kiss on the forehead and oh, your mouth hurts. Why does your mouth hurt? Because you got frostbite because that's how cold she is to your punk ass because she's still mad. She's just putting on a show for your other friends. And you're going, oh, damn, right? And you're looking over at your friends and they're all lovey dovey and hugging and loving and hugging and loving and lovey lovey dovey dovey lovey love love lovey dovey and you're going damn we were like that before she got mad at me and I wish we could get back like that. I don't even know and your friends hey, everything's great, uh uh-huh. we were going to we're going to this place and we're going to the kids' uh-huh. Everything's great with the kids uh-huh. Right. And then your wife goes, I got to go to the bathroom. And the other ladies go with her to the bathroom. And you're going, oh, God. Oh, God. And she walks away. And they're looking back. And they're laughing. (laughs) Right. Right. You look over at your friends and you expect to see them with the smile that's normally on their face because they're in relationships where their wives are not going or planning to kill them. And the second their wives turn the corner to go to the powder room and you know they're going to be in there damn half an hour, all of a sudden the smiles wash off their faces as well. Oh, no. And they're going, what? And they're going, oh, guys, what? Uh, they all know. They know what they know. Oh no, <clears throat> they know about yes. They know, right? And all three of you dumb bastards did something stupid. Not nothing. Not nothing bad enough. Nothing bad enough to end your marriage. But just something bad enough where you will not going to see your wife's naked except in your phone for the next week or so and you're looking oh how did they find out and then you find out one of your friends left the ticket stub in his pocket and you guys all acted like you were going to work on some stupid project and as it turns out you went to some kind of entertainment thing that you did and your wives all know about it because one of you dumb bastards didn't realize you should burn the damn ticket stubs and throw it away and now all three of your wives are in the bathroom probably trying to figure out how much it cost to buy 3 Big barrels of lie. So when they kill you, they can dissolve your bodies and they're going to give each other alibis and move on to men that know how to respect women because de- you're the kind of guys that don't want to go someplace with them, make up an excuse and all of a sudden go to some entertainment crap and then lie about it. You pieces of crap. Oh. And you feel guilty. And the worst part of it is all of you now know you're dead men. You're dead meat. And you also all know your wives are all putting up appearances to act like everything is great. And now they're in the bathroom. They got those three pieces of crap. I hate their guts. I, I'm not having sex with him until, what year is this now? I know I'm not going to give him it. And they walk back out. Now here's the bad part. When they come back out, now they all know and they come back and see your faces and then you guys we're guys we can't hide crap from the women and now they walk out and they all know and they now know you know and you know they know and now they don't have to act nice anymore right And you know they don't have to act nice anymore because all of a sudden, instead of sitting back into the booth, coupled up, there's now all three women on one side and all three guys on the other side. Oh, that's bad. Right? Under normal circumstances, they wouldn't put up with that crap. And now, not only are they putting up with that crap, they're the ones that came up with the idea to do that crap. Oh, right? waitress comes up to the table she's a beautiful young lady and you guys are all looking down at the table not looking up at the waitress like a bunch of school boys who got caught with a boner when they tried when they walked got had a boner when you go up to the front of the class and the teacher says what's six times six and everybody's going boner 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 and you get called boner for the next 12 years of your life and you don't like it that's what you look like right women are looking at you and you better not look up you pieces of crap right right and then the wine guy comes up and he's one of them double stud guys quadruple stud with a double quadruple stud right he actually has the word balls written across his the lap of his pants because it looked like he got a cantaloupe down there and the ladies were hey, you're the greatest hee 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 hey. overly flirting with the basses, daring you to say anything about it. And you're looking at them like we normally wouldn't put up with this crap, but we're guilty and we gotta just be right. You know, and you hear words like real man, but they're not saying that you're a real man. They're saying that you're not a real man, right? You know, Billy, are you going to bring back the, the wine we ordered? Cause we, we see that you, we know that you're the kind of real man that's trustworthy. And he's looking at you and he realizes that he's being used to torture you guys. And if he was a nice guy, he would just kind of fluff it off and go about his business. But then all of a sudden he realizes now he can hold his alpha male status over your punk ass and he accidentally grazes one of your wives. Uh, shoulder with his gigantic balls and you're like he ball grazing bastard and he's looking at you like ha 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 good losers and the whole night sucks you feel guilty as crap been there before feel guilty and it sucks to feel guilty you know damn well it's not even going to be any better when you go home it's going to be even worse when you go home you're gonna have that nice 28 minute ride in the car back to your house, right? And to go pick up the kids, and the kids are looking at you, and the kid goes, "Why are you guys not saying anything? Normally, you guys, when you're in the car, you're talking about stuff." It's okay, Timmy. We're all right. I'm just saying. Did the Dad do something? Well, Bill, did you do something? I uh, remember. I'm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a. You know what's great, kids, is when. We're going to have a talk on the way home. We're going to play a game called Who's Honest? Now, let me ask you something, kids. Say, for the sake of argument... Okay, Mom, this is going to be fun. Say um, you promise to do something for someone, and then someone else wants you to go do something else after you've already promised... Is it honest to lie and say you have to go to work and leave your wife missing out on something great because you want to go see some bullcrap fight with your punk ass friends? Mama, you cursed. Shut up or you're going to get in trouble too. <laughs> And that would be and then the father's looking back like i mean it's not that really big of a deal right kids i mean if, especially since this fight was a big fight that got postponed and you had tickets for it and then it, it got moved and it just happened to be moved to the day that your mom had some punk ass party that i didn't want to go to with her bullshit job i mean there's nothing wrong with her job or anything like that but, her, but let's be honest i just don't i her, tar- her co- co-workers are pieces of crap and i don't want to have been stuck with those punk asses for six hours and she didn't really need me at the party in the first place because I, I, i'm usually my schedule keeps me from going to most of her parties anyway so it wasn't really like, like that big of a deal and he says that and the kids are going mm-hmm. and they got looks on their face because he's looking at the kids and the kids are looking at mom's face in the rearview mirror and they're pointing at mom and he looks at them and he looks at their hands and he looks at and he looks back ah i just made it worse <laughs> and she just worse put the kids to bed right and you do your part, you read to some of the kids, she reads to some of the kids, right? And she's finished and you hear her footsteps walk down a hall, right? And she goes into the bedroom and normally she takes a shower before she goes to bed. But she doesn't like to take showers before she goes to bed when she's about to fight with your punk ass. Because she likes to fight with your punk ass, win the fight, humiliate your punk ass, emasculate your punk ass. And then go take a shower and lay in the bed next to you with her deliciousness knowing that she just crushed you. And now you got to sit there looking at her deliciousness and you can't touch nothing. <sighs> You're doing whatever it takes to make sure that reading that book to your kid takes as long as possible because you figured maybe she'll fall asleep and then I can go in and fall asleep, right? And the kid's like, well, dad, I'm going to bed now. And you're like, oh, you really sure you don't want to hear another book? You read 12 books, dad. Go take your ass whipping from mom. Stop cursing. Hey, I'm not the one that effed up. Shut up, punk. (laughs) You take your punk ass into the room and she's sitting on the edge of the bed looking at you. And I don't want to go into what happens after that, but it's a long, long night. Unfortunately for you, she has the day off tomorrow, which means she can yell at you until seven o'clock in the morning. And that's why, my friends, I try my best not to do any kind of crap that I would feel guilty about. Right? I don't want to do stuff that I feel guilty about because when you feel guilty, it sucks. It sucks. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want to have to deal with any of those problems. I don't like to feel guilty. You feel guilty. You feel like crap. And I don't like to feel like crap, punks. I've been I've been pretty guilt free for a long period of time. I try my best now to make sure that I stay away from dumb crap like that. You know, I, I don't like to be in in, in the, in, in. I don't like uncomfortable situations. I don't mind them too much because if they're really uncomfortable, I talk about them in the podcast and stand up and make money off of them. <laughs> Moving on. But I've noticed with this particular podcast, I've noticed that I've, I've noticed that I've found the joy in doing this the same way I had to refine the joy in, in stand-up that I had lost before. There was a poor particular time in the beginning of stand-up. And if you have a job that you love to do, you, you'll be able to relate to this more so. Um, and in the beginning, you really just do the job because you love it. You can't get enough of it. You want to enjoy the process. You just want to do it and do it and do it. You don't even really care if you make any money off of it. You just want to do it and do it and do it. And then as the time goes on, something kind of drags you away from the joyous part of it. With me in stand-up, it was one of those things where I was wondering why that guy was getting this kind of spot and she was getting that kind of spot and I wasn't getting that kind of spot. How come they were getting a little bit more money? How come they got on that television program and I didn't get in that television program? How come he got on that radio show and I didn't? How come? How come? How come? How come? And what happens is all of a sudden it kind of drags you away from the thing that made you enjoy the process in the first place. And that's the kind of thing you kind of gotta kind of guard against. Right? Because if you enjoy doing what you do, you should just do it because you enjoy it. And I've refound really the joy in doing this. Podcast because there was a time when I was like, how come they got that many downloads? And how come I they got these downloads? How come he got these he's doing an interview with that guy? But I don't do interviews, but still, and how come he's how come how come they're on the iTunes to chart and how come he's on that chart and he's on that and that guy? And that was what happened to me a few years ago. But I'm actually at the point now where I really don't even look at the stats as much anymore because I really don't give a crap. I'm doing this because I like doing it. So if there's an ebb and flow with the number of downloads and streams or something like that, it really doesn't bother me as much. Let me let me full disclosure. It doesn't really bother me at all because I like doing this. And that's the weirdest thing in the world. When you have two things that you do that you like so much that you like them just for the sake of doing those things. And it reminded me of something. It's like I said, I don't I don't pay attention to the stats as much with you know, how many downloads and how many streams and how many I this and I that and how many on iTunes and and then how many on Stitcher and blah, 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 blah. I realized that it reminded me of something that happened and that happens in stand up sometimes. Sometimes, like if you're in a in a city where you're known, if you go to a place, you go to a top club, it's full. It'll be full either because people know you're there or some of the people that are there come to see you, but it's full and you don't have to give, you don't have to think about it. You can get excited about it. You can walk out and you can hear the murmur of the crowd as you're standing in the bar or in the dressing room. You kind of take a quick peek out. You see all those people packed in there and it's great and incredible and quadruple incredible and double incredible and you're loving it. It's great. Their energy feeds you. It's great. Right. And if you see that all the time, you get used to that. If you see big, gigantic podcast numbers, If you have a big, gigantic podcast or if you have a podcast like mine, which is a solo podcast, you you see numbers that you're happy with and up and down. But pretty much you you have an idea what's going to go down. It's fantastic. But sometimes you don't get as many downloads as you expect. And sometimes in stand up, you go to a place where people don't know who you are or you go on a night when. You know, it's like an off comedy night and you you get used to seeing a packed crowd in a packed house and it's incredible packed and double packed and all of that. And it's great. And there are times when you look out, you pull the curtain back and the place is supposed to hold 250 and there's 75 people there. Hmm. Now, if you're doing stand up because you love doing stand up and it's something you've been born to do and you've been doing it your whole life and you love it, you enjoy it, you enjoy the process of writing the jokes, you enjoy the process of stepping on the stage and telling jokes to people, you enjoy interacting with the audience, you enjoy the whole process. You would still want the other people to be there, but there are 75 people there that want to see a comedy show. So you walk out, you pick up the microphone. Those same people are enthusiastic because they want to be there. You tell your jokes. They love the jokes. You get your standing ovation. You get your high fives. You get your hugs. They want to take pictures with you. They want to sign stuff. It's fantastic. But if I had the mindset that I had a few years ago in podcasting and that I had decades ago in stand-up, seeing 75 people out there when you stood should have 250 people out there would kind of ruin the process for you, right? You'd kind of go on stage and you'd do your thing, but you'd be kind of going through the motions. Yeah, you'd be kind of resentful of the couple of hundred people that aren't there, and you'd kind of take it out on the people that are there. I saw some young comics do that on a show that I was on before. I knew there weren't going to be that many people there because it was during the week. And the simple fact knowing that club like I did, I knew that actually 50 to 75 people on that particular night at that particular time was pretty good. And under normal circumstances, if somebody told you to come to an open mic night and do a couple of minutes and there were 28 people there or 30 people or 50 people there, you go, okay, that's cool. It's 50 people here. This is great. It's not a weekend crowd. I'm going to do my jokes. They're going to love it. I'm going to take my notes, see what works, see what didn't, see what I need to keep, see what I want to get rid of. It's going to be great. I'm going to enjoy the process. But in this particular occasion, these young guys were opening for me. They looked out. And they saw this, like I said, during the week, sometimes during the week, you don't get big crowds. And they saw 75 people instead of 250. And they were pissed off, man. MC goes out there, he kind of does some of his jokes, but he can't get out of his mind the fact that there's so many empty seats. Right. And he just kind of gets a little more bitter. And the crowd that was on his side, remember, they're here. The people here want to hear the jokes, want to be a part of it, are enjoying themselves, and he's all bitter and everything, right, and then he'd snap out of it a little bit and throw out a nice joke, and they'd laugh, and then he'd get into the bitterness again, and then he'd snap out of it and throw out a nice joke, and then he'd get into the bitterness again, and then he'd do a closer, and the closer should usually worked well for him, but it got, <laughs> that's all it got, because he had kind of soured on it. And then he walks backstage as the next person goes on, and he's sitting in the dressing room complaining. This crowd sucks, man. It's only 75 people in, man. This place holds 250, man. What the hell's wrong with this place, man? This place sucks. This place blows. This stinks. This blows. This stinks. It sucks. It blows. This stinks. It sucks. It blows. It stinks. It sucks. It blows. And the feature act goes out, and he's just as bad as this guy, right? Because now. You know, the crowd's a little harder to get laughs from because Captain Captain Negative was up there for 15 minutes. And then this guy goes up there and he doesn't get the explosion he normally expects to get. And he had to work the crowd and he had to do his thing. And now he's all negative. And then And he does exactly the same thing the guy did before me, but twice as long because he's the feature. I'm the headliner. I got to go out there and do 45 minutes. And these two dopes have dug me into a 45 minute hole of whining like punks and being negative. But I'm just happy that the 75 people are there. Well, that's about 25 more than I expected on this particular night under these particular circumstances in this particular location. Not a big deal. So I walk out on stage. And I focus on the 75 people that are there. And I perform to them like there's there's another 200 people there. In fact, I perform to them like there's 20,000 more people there. I really give them the goods. I'm glad they're there. And they reacted the same way every other crowd reacted. The claps and the things, the standing, the high fives, the pictures, all of that crap. And it was great. I didn't dwell on the people that were there. I dwelled on the people that were there. And the people that were there were the kind of people that really wanted to be there. And this has happened on many occasions. I mean, I've been doing comedy for a long period of time. And you always run across people that just kind of self-destruct and they're self-defeating. Show's over. I'm not thinking that those two guys are there. They were so negative and didn't want to be there. And this sucks and this blows and this bites. I go back to the dressing room and they're still sitting there having a who can complain like a punk more contest. <laughs> right. You know, and I, I walk in there, man, man, and they didn't even watch the set. They didn't, they were, they, they were so busy complaining. They didn't even see what I did and didn't come out there to learn something. So I walk back in and I'm I'm packing my stuff up there and I'm about to leave it. Meaning this sucks. This Bill, I should have never taken this gig and it sucks, stinks, blows, bites, and everything sucks. The world blows. Everything sucks, stinks, blows, bites, man. And I went out there, man, and these people ain't nothing. These people are stupid. They they don't know that. And I did this reference that they didn't get. they, they They stink, they stink, they suck, they blow. Everything in the world sucks, they stink, they stink. Everything stinks, everything blows, man. What about you? You were on twice as long as me. Yeah, well, I was on twice as long as you. So everything double stink, double blows. Everything double bite and double stink, blow, bites, stinks, blow, sucks, everything. And sucks stinks and stinks and sucks and sucks and stinks you up there for an hour man i bet it really sucked for you nah didn't suck nope mm. well they weren't giving up any laughs yeah they were mm. Mm. the person who books the cub walks into the back oh it's anthony great job oh my goodness well oh man they gave you a standing o and they loved you and everything's great and they signed their comment cards and then and then he goes over the comment cards and of course the comment cards that's anthony bring him back we love him he should have his own show he's great he's this he's that and the other two guys these two guys were like whining man why are they so mad at us we're the ones that are actually here and he's talking and i'm like yes anthony uh, give me a call i'm gonna bring you back i want you to do the weekend shows here too it was great you have any here to do your thing it's kind of great and the other two guys looked up at him like you know like puppies like he was going to go yeah they looked at him like book us too right they didn't say anything but they had the looks in their faces and he looked at them like hey guys then he looks at the card and he looked at them and he looked at the card and looked at them and he flipped to the next card and looked at 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 me and smiled and looked at them and frowned well, anyway, that's yes, Anthony. I'll uh, you call me when you get back to uh, Philly, okay? I'm like, all right, no problem, because I lived in Philly at the time, no problem. And he walked out and didn't say crap to them. Hey man, we didn't book us. He told you to, to call, and you was gonna book you. We were here too. We did. all. Because that's what they sounded like. And I said, how did your sets go, guys? Well, I mean, you know, they weren't. The crowd wasn't really with us, man. I mean, they, they like, you know, they were kind of stupid. They didn't understand. I said, "Um, were you mad because the other people weren't here? Yeah, man, because, you know, what kind of crap is this? This place holds 250. I said, yeah, but you see, the 75 people that were here wanted to be here. The other people that weren't here that you were complaining about and whining about and insulting weren't even here to hear you insult them. They're someplace else doing someplace else. They're not aware of your existence. You basically were shadow boxing, expecting someone five blocks away or 10 miles away to get knocked out from the punches you threw. They didn't hear you. The only people that heard you were the people that were there. That's like coming home and being mean to your spouse because somebody cut you off in traffic. The guy that cut you off in traffic doesn't even remember you existed. He cut you off in traffic seven hours ago. He's not thinking about you. But now your wife is sitting there wondering why you're being an a-hole. That's what you just did to the audience. And the other guy, well, I mean, I got some laughs too, but I said, you did the same thing, didn't you? Well, oh, yes. Yeah. did you get applause when you left? No. Did you get applause when you left? No, exactly. Like I just said to him, somebody cuts you off in traffic at seven o'clock in the morning. You come home and you treat your wife like crap at seven o'clock at night. And you're wondering what's going on. Why? She's not going to kiss you. Why? you not, She's not She's to want to want to tap the uh, candlelight dinner with your punk ass. Why should she? And I remember that when it came to podcasting. I remember that everything is ebbs and flows. It's very, very similar to when you see somebody has a Hollywood career and they start off hot. Their first two movies make one hundred and fifty million dollars in the box office in the United States alone. They're killing and crushing and destroying and killing and crushing. And they continue to do good movies. But they notice that the move, the numbers kind of stop right and their movies are hits but they're not as big a hits as the other one they're still making the studio money but they're not as big a hit as they were before they're not the number one box office draw they're the number 17 box office draw which is still pretty impressive they're making a good living right but they're not number one they're not the greatest and the most incredible and double incredible and cripple incredible right and the numbers kind of drip, drip 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 down a little bit and then they'll have a hit and it goes great oh i'm back i'm back and it'll drop down a little bit oh damn it and they'll have another two hits oh, i'm back and they'll have four that aren't big hits but they're okay and you realize that's exactly what that's what i noticed was exactly what happened to me man you have a bunch of episodes oh downloads yeah hoo, hoo, hoo. And you have a few episodes where it's still good you know but they weren't like that 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 episode and that episode were way up here this one's still good when you compare it to your average it's still good but it's not as good as that episode oh i'm bummed out how come this downloads were down 10% and now how come they were down but they're back up oh they're, they're, they're up again oh they're down 15% but they're back up again but they're down they're down they're down they're down but they're back up again and you go through the ebb and flow and it started to annoy me when i looked at the stats and at the time, I didn't realize that's just natural, man. It's just like anything else. It's like when you're in a relationship, there are certain days where she's the most incredible and double, incredible and quadruple, incredible and most wonderful human being in the world. And he's the most double, incredible and triple, incredible, most incredible person in the world. And then there are times where you just they're they're they're, they're annoying the crap out of you. You don't divorce them. You just realize that's what happens when you live with people sometimes. You hear her in the kitchen making her smoothie, and it's not really that big of a deal. And sometimes you're in the kitchen, here in the kitchen making a smoothie, and you're going, is there any way I could stick my head in there so you could just end it for me right now because I'm sick of you and your damn smoothies, right? You get mad at him because he walks around the house. He walks out of the bathroom and brushes his teeth looking into the long, into the full length mirror. And normally you kind of laugh. Chuck, you're so weird looking at your abs. Ha 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 ha. But this particular time he's like, you're going to get toothpaste stuff all over everything. You stupid bastard and your mother's a whore. You know what I'm talking about. But then I realized, just like with the stand up. I was doing stand-up for the pure joy of it. And I talked to those two dudes. I said, don't you like doing stand-up? Yes. If this was an open mic night and 75 people were there, would you be happy? Oh, yeah, it'd be great. So what's the difference? In fact, this time you're actually getting paid. So shouldn't you go out there every time and enjoy the process of being a stand-up comic and not worry about the audience that's not there and just worry about the people that are there? For the person who was the MC, had kind of stuck. You know, for the person with the middle guy, the guy was in the feature. He was like, man, this guy, I don't know what he's talking about. And I'm sure he went on to, of course, be miserable about everything. <laughs> right. But that's a valuable lesson I learned myself as a younger comic when I was just like them. You know, I'm 19 years old. How there's only 27 people here, man? This sucks. This blows. But then you get on stage and I perform. And I was like, well, there's only 27 people there. But the 27 people there, they love what I did and it felt good. People that didn't just don't know me, heard my ideas. And they liked them. They went home smiling. They smiled when they waved and got into their cars. It was great. Sure, I would have liked to have the other people there, but who cares? There's nothing I can do about that. Only thing I can do is pick up the mic and do my best. And that's what I learned about this and just pretty much everything else that I do. Just do your best, man. Just do your best. Don't worry about the stats. That's why, like I said in the beginning of talking about this, I don't really necessarily look at the stats like I used to. I peek long enough to see if it if it's counting. But in the grand scheme of things, I just like talking into this microphone to you. I like the emails that I get from you. I like the direct messages that I get from you. I like the feedback that I get from you. And fortunately for me, you like listening to me talk for whatever reason. (laughs) Right? So I know for a fact that there are people out there, no matter what country you're listening in, there's going to be times when you're doing something and It's not working out the, the way that you expect it to work out. It's not going as well as you think. You're doing your best. You're looking at the quality of your work and objectively you can say, I'm better. What the hell is going on? But when it comes to actually creating the work, you can always look at the marketing and maybe I should market a little more here or maybe I should do this a little more there. But don't kill yourself don't beat yourself up if you know that the work is good just do the work for the joy of doing the work because that's what i'm doing like i said i, I literally haven't looked at my uh downloads and like a, oh jesus i think last month was the last time i really paid attention to it. i think i guess I'm, now that i'm there now this in the forefront of my mind i'll probably pay attention at some point later in the week i'll look and see what's going down with this one but i just I, i'm at the point now and i think that people should be at the point now where sometimes when you do things just do the crap for the joy of doing the crap and don't let you know don't let circumstances suck the life out of the crap that you're doing okay that's all i gotta say you bastards and with that that has been this episode of the yes anthony says podcast you bastards thank you very very much for listening to my punk ass ramble for 45 to 60 minutes a week i love you for it now folks I noticed some new people coming online and some of them, I noticed that I've been getting some, uh, new listeners in Great Britain and, um, and some other, uh, some other places. If you knew, just know that, uh, and some of you, uh, you told me that you actually were, uh, somebody with, uh, play this in their car or or, uh, something like that or they'd like oh you got to hear this and they'd like hand over their phone or so it wasn't so you're not uh, a subscriber to the show but uh, just to let you know uh, this this show if you if you like it first of all if you like this podcast make sure you tell some friends or your family whoever you think would like to listen to me ramble like an idiot for 45 to 60 minutes a week uh tell them to subscribe and if you like the podcast make sure you go and rate and review the podcast say nice things you bastards but this podcast is on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play has this podcast as well. The home base for this podcast is Podbean. And of course, I'm on the granddaddy of all podcast places, iTunes. Just look for S. Anthony Says or the S. Anthony Says podcast. In fact... Technically, because I've been around a long, long period of time, you could literally just Google my name, S. Anthony Thomas, or you can Google the name of this podcast, S. Anthony Says, and bam, I'm right there, baby. So subscribe if you like this crap. Subscribe and tell your friends. Uh, I've been getting a lot of email from some wonderful people. Thank you very much. Keep them coming. <coughs> and um, here's the email address. I only have one. And the email address is t a l k t o s a n t h o n y the at symbol g m a i l dot c o m talk to s anthony at gmail.com all together thank you very very much i appreciate it Uh, i appreciate the love that you've been sending me and everything and uh also i want to before i get out of here um Uh, I have a YouTube channel. I'm going to be using that later on. So subscribe to the crap anyway. So you'll be and hit the notification bell. So when I put up some stuff, you'll know, uh, you'll be able to see it. Okay. It's YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search S Anthony says. And of course, that's me. I'm on Facebook. If you uh, type into the the, uh, search box, S Anthony says, it'll take you to the page. And there's a uh, verified page for me. It's a blue check mark that you'll know that it's actually me verified by Facebook. I have two Twitter pages. Uh and Twitter then needs to get on the stick and verify my two damn pages, you bastards. Uh <laughs> I have a, the, the Twitter for me is at anthony Thomas, my name at thomas And the Twitter for this podcast is at Santhony says. Okay. And I'm on Instagram at thomas Folks, I just want to say once again, man, you've been very, very cool to me. I appreciate all the love. Thank you very much for stopping by. Thanks for all the all the support. I appreciate it, you bastards. And I'm going to say goodbye the way I've been saying goodbye for years now. The people that have been listening to me for a long period of time know how I'm going to say it. You new people. This is your first time hearing it. So if you when you hear it, I want you to rewind back and then play it again and say it along with everybody else. You bastards. Are you ready? Of course you are. On the count of three. Are you ready, everybody? You ready, Bastard Army? Here we go. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out. Die.